Ooh, plants sounding good today, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Still in California? Yeah. Damn. Are you sitting in the pipe? Oh, I've moved him to the pipe. Oh, yeah. that's good. I'm. You might know me. My name is Lawnmower Man. Rent. <laughs> <laughs> With rent these days, the way it is, who yes. can afford to live anywhere but a pipe? <laughs> a pipe. I aspire to a pipe. Freaking Mario used to live in a little three-bed, two-bath ranch-style home in Reseda. Mm -hmm. But then, uh -huh. you know, inflation. Now the man's a pipe man. The first time Mario went through a pipe, he must have assumed that he had died. Yes. Right? Yeah. 100%. Like, the first time, like, Mario's first impression of the Mushroom Kingdom was, this is the afterlife. <laughs> have I been good or bad? I can't figure it out. <laughs> I know I died in that pipe. Probably sees Bowser I, and it's like, well, I guess I was bad. That's, I guess I was bad. I guess devil. this is hell. I think he, he did die. Oh, I think wow. he was, like, eating, like, a wow. meatball grinder while working on a toilet. Choked a little bit, fell face first, drowned in oh, the wow. toilet bowl, and, and then this, this is been his, this yeah. has all been his his kind of like death dream. Do you think each of the games are like a different circle of hell, basically? Well, uh, my bigger issue with that theory is that Super Mario Bros. Two is a dream, but I guess is it a dream? Within it's a, a dream? dream within a dream. <laughs> Timely. Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the game this week. My name is Russ Fresh, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to The Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, and just by listening, my friend, you are now a member. This week, we're talking about a new entry from Supermassive. It is called The Quarry. Chris Take me to The Quarry. The Quarry is a playable horror movie. All right, then. I, I think like that's you like get... pretty much it. Like This is your segment, Plant. I feel like you need yeah, to you can't be more. Phone it I, I, so you don't, you don't know this yet. I have a page and a half of notes for when we talk about the proper game. But I don't want to spoil it because, talk. okay, it's a horror movie where you go into the woods. There's a summer camp. It's playing you with a lot of You sound so trips. miserable is what I'm saying. You got to. Like, do you? Oh, okay. Oh, energy. no, no, no. Sorry, uh, Justin, can you set me up? Yeah. Okay, Chris Plant, tell me about The Quarry. This week, we're talking about The Quarry, the new game from Supermassive. It is a spiritual follow up to Until Dawn, and it is going to thrill you and chill you more <laughs> after the break. <laughs> okay, so quick walk in if you don't know Supermassive or their history. They've made a lot of different stuff. They did some, like, DLC, some adaptations, what have you. But really, like, the main through line of what you would think of as, like, super massive games are Until Dawn, which is in this genre of, like, playable horror movie, you know, recreating, like, slasher or whatever. Uh, Until Dawn, Hidden Agenda, which was, like, kind of like the same idea, but more of, like, a crime thriller type deal um they did a couple of vr things uh the impatient 
and there was another one. Little Hope, uh, um, House of Ashes. So that then there's the there's the Dark Pictures anthology. Yeah, yeah. Also, Hidden Hope. Agenda. That was the one you controlled with your cell phone. Yeah, that was a neat one where yeah, players that, that would a like great have idea. It was it was neat. And now the Quarry, which is not part of the Dark Pictures anthology, it is rather a standalone game published by Two K Games. The quarry, but really, does it matter? Because effectively, it's, it's the same. might as it's well be. It, it, it is in this genre. There's all, no creepy all of these man. Games feel right. like they are siblings, right? yeah, of a piece. Yeah, I like these games. I, I enjoy these games. I didn't actually. I, I I should clarify. I liked Until Dawn. Uh, I think I only played a little bit of the um, the first. What was it? Man of Medan. Uh, uh, with and I think we did Little Hope as a besties episode. If I don't yeah. remember if you were playing it, but I don't think so. Um, but I really liked Until Dawn a lot because I love schlocky, like trashy horror movies. Which like this, this definitely is Ari Aster. This is not. This is full blown like uh pastiche of a uh. I mean, God, so many different horror classics like a like a scream like a i mean american werewolf in paris is pretty on the nose uh but that um it's it's this this one in particular really wears its inspirations out on its sleeve and even though it does not do so with a deft or subtle hand i'm still i'm still down i'm still down for all of that just because i'm i kind of adore the genre fresh day can you give us like kind of a narrative setup on on the quarry <laughs> Sure. So there's like a prologue with some like brief scary horror moments, but the bulk of the quarry takes place on this camp called Hackett's Quarry. Um, it's the last day of summer camp and the counselors have basically seen all the kids away. They drive away on a big yellow school bus. The counselors are left there uh, with the owner of the camp who is played by David Arquette in the most uncanny valley scenario I've ever seen. Yeah. And they uh, are basically like stuck at the camp for another night because of some shenanigans. And David Arquette seems very concerned about that and but doesn't give any sort of background. And so the counselors sort of like pair off and explore the camp and, you know, get down to some business. Uh, but then things go horribly awry. But before then, there's also just fun campy hijinks. Where it's like, yes, there's definitely plenty of. Do you like to smooch? Do you like the bonfire? I would say uh, fun, campy, and extremely poorly paced hijinks. <laughs> uh, yeah, the hijinks are not nearly as fun or as campy as. Okay, can I talk? I this is the only part I feel super duper strongly about that. I just go talk for about it. Go for it. The first, so you get the basic flow, right? You're walking around camp, you make some decisions and conversations. Um, you know, there's a few like quick time events that are extremely generous, I think. I mean, you're you're walking yeah. around and you're like, I don't know, you step in these early hours, you like step on a, I don't know, you're going down the stairs and you push the buttons, so you don't slip on the stairs. A there's lot a tree of tree branch and you dodge it. A lot of it is key throwing. People throw keys or phones and then you have to catch them yes. with quick time event precision. It is, I mean, half the game is this and not a scare in sight. Maybe some like atmosphere, but like nothing scary has happened. I and mean, it, there's a few like fake, like a bird flies by sure, or like a boar. Right? But like it is, un, it is unimaginable how long this section of like setting up the characters goes. Like 
if this is a horror movie, this is like an eight hour ish experience. Yeah. In a, if this is a horror movie, it would be the first hour is nothing happens, <laughs> and then the second hour is the the horror movie part. Like it is. So even that even that is like there are some horror movies that go an hour without like really starting to do payoffs on the scares. You can't scale that out to eight and well, eight to Griff, ten hour exactly long yes. game. Yeah, is, yes. is it is uh it is rough. I think there's ten chapters in the game. The first three are all set up, and then in four people can start to die. Um, Depending on choices. Well, yeah. it also so like Fresh said, the beginning this sort of intro is its own little like mini scary story right to get you into it and i think the good thing about that is it's i don't know like an hour hour and a half fun little story the bad thing is okay well now we have to reset everything and then once again build the story back up i mean but that's a pretty typical horror trope right you oh, look I, at scream and it's like oh, yeah, well, it of course but those, that's the whole question right is like sure it's a horror trope but does it help in a video game where you are going to just be waiting for a story to start all over again? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, so yeah, I want to I want to talk about the pacing really quick because I think there's like great like I don't know praised horror, and then there like the A twenty four type of horror, right? And there's right. like good schlocky horror, and I think great horror is like very well paced. It is the type of movie that you can watch on your own, and it benefits from like not talking over it, right? Like, like you really get into it. It completely holds your attention. That's why I like horror because I feel like once I turn it on, the rest of the world just kind of like disappears because I have to pay attention to it. But then there's schlocky horror, which I don't know about y'all, but I watched a ton of it when I was in high school, like just watching it with friends and watching it with VHS tapes. And like there, it's kind of the opposite. Like the pace is trash. Like it's actually, I, I always feel like intentionally slow because they know people are going to be talking over it. They know people are only paying attention like halfway. Yeah. And I think this game, I guess I'm curious if it works a lot better with a lot of friends in the same way that like watching trashy horror worked in high school. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're all kind of talking over it. You're, you know, joking. You're using it kind of as a prompt for conversation, which is, again, what I think is horror is good for, because it's people making a bunch of really stupid decisions, so that well, makes not only that, talk about that. Yeah, well, not only that, but also the game is designed at least some portion of it is designed specifically with multiplayer in mind. Yeah. Either it's past the controller multiplayer or it, it's not out yet, but they have an online mode coming where you would watch it, the game with I think it's eight people, and you literally vote on what should happen and whoever gets the most votes, that's what you end up doing. Which is probably so, the idea. I mean, I don't know that it's unrealistic that anybody would do that in one sitting, but that is probably no, sure. the most fun way of doing it. I have to take umbrage with the idea that this has passed the controller multiplayer. It does not. If this has passed the controller multiplayer, <laughs> fucking the witness has passed the controller multiplayer. Like, it, uh, uh, what remains of Edith Finch has passed the controller multiplayer. The ability to pass the controller to other humans is not a feature. <laughs> no, no, no. Massive. But uh, I would say, I think what they're trying to do is the idea of each person that is playing is basically assigned to a specific character in the game. I oh, think that's, that's the like, ethos behind yeah. it. So it's sort of... I get what you're saying, Justin, but it's a it's a little more multiplayer than that. A little um, bit. I I want to say so. So I enjoyed this game. I, I enjoyed 
my my playthrough of it. Uh, and I want to give uh, a lot of praise to the cast, which I yeah. guess has some genuine, like, some real fantastic talent. performances. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I saw that uh, Skylar Gizondo. Gizondo is in it, the, the, he is the uh, kid from Booksmart who is like the dweeby guy and nobody comes to his birthday party and is fucking hysterical in that movie. He is like, excellent in this game and i was like i will do anything in my power to keep this sweet boy alive which character does he he's max brinley at the very uh, beginning the prologue oh right yes. yeah um uh justice smith gives a very justice smithy performance in a way star that... detective pikachu the star detective pikachu uh brenda song who's been in like everything uh Tons of disney channel lots of uh like just horror movie and cult movie people ethan Supley, lance hendrickson and fresh already mentioned and, david arquette and of course and ted, ted, ramey. ted ramey who like yes. is just eats up the scenery in every fucking uh, like well, in a well, digital performance eats up the scenery in every well, I, hey, let's not let's not blow over grace zabriskie though yeah grace zabriskie um most notably uh uh from from twin peaks in my in my world uh yes. sarah palmer She's great. She's like a, a sort of odd tarot reader, fortune teller type yeah. person who gives you like what I think is actually a really cool little thing where if you find these collectibles, um, she will give you a small glimpse of what could be in in the future. So it's like a yeah. tiny five second clip of a scene, which just is in the, like it's not really that helpful, but it is sort of in the back of your head like, oh, this is something that could happen if I make the wrong yeah, uh, make mm. the wrong choice, which is kind of interesting. It does make me because th- I agree with everything that's been said. I I think the performances are great, and I actually think the writing, specifically for like the back and forth dialogue, is not bad either. And it's that's a rare commodity in video games. Like that sort of back and forth tends to fall pretty flat, and there's a lot of pretty entertaining scenes on that front. Just to go back to the pacing a little bit, it reminded me of Telltale insofar as the way Telltale structured their things would be basically like two and a half hour, two-ish hour episodes, right? And the episodes would have like a very clear uh, kind of arc to themselves, like they'd have like a mini arc. And it did make me kind of wish that that was more the mindset for this game and these games in general, because at least you know, oh, in these two hours, I'm going to get at least some of a story rather than seeing like a third of a story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before we move on, I want to talk about the, all the actors you mentioned. Uh, I think that's great. There are so many people who are recognizable. If you look traditionally beautiful, you look great in this game. I think the <laughs> engine and the art design work out really well. If you have any unusual f- just look, and that's not even to say, like, I'm not saying ugly here, but like Ted Raimi, even Skylar Gazondo, who, I mean, he's also in Righteous Gemstones, Licorice Pizza. I mean, this is a dude who's like, a handsome dude. Yeah, handsome dude. He's in a lot of movies. It took me forever to figure out who the hell he was supposed to be. Like, oh, I recognized him. I'm, yeah, I think congratulations. Good job with yeah, well, I didn't have that it is, problem. No, there's still, I mean, I gotta say, the facial capture is fantastic. There, But but there is, like, even with the, like, people who I know, people like Brenda Song and, and, and some of the other characters, like, I know what they look like. Every once in a while, it's just the teeth. I think the teeth. Yeah, it's yeah. the mouth. The mouth. It's, mouth it's kind problem. of teethy, and, Not, like, and the and the eyes. And the eyes like, can be a little dead. The eyes are. I think the eyes. There's some close-ups on the eyes in this game that are stunning. I mean, they're like, what is that? 
I thought it was video. Like, I really thought it was video. I think but there like, might be two sets of eyes. Yeah. Because I yeah. think when they're wide, it looks like dead <laughs> eyes. And when they're close up, they really do look realistic. I think they might be mindful of the limitations of the engine and what they yeah. can pull off. I agree with the smile. In their defense, a big company like Disney very recently did motion capture around a mouth, specifically on a well-known character in The Mandalorian, and totally beefed it. I don't oh, think well, anyone I, has fully I, nailed Yeah, this isn't me criticizing them. Me, This is me saying I kind of wish for celebrities that they didn't look like the celebrity sometimes mm. because yeah. that just makes the Uncanny Valley effect so much more obvious. So I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that because I think in a mm. horror game, it mm-hmm. adds to... I don't want to see <laughs> sweet Skylar Gazondo get fucking decapitated. I'm not joking. Like, I don't want to no, see no, the no, I, I don't want to see the little girl from Modern Family get her fucking head ripped off. Like, but that, you're that, agreeing that, with Plant. So yeah, you're agreeing with me. No, 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 no. I'm I am disagreeing because I think it adds to the tension oh, of tension. like I want to keep these people alive. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're bought in quicker because yeah, you recognize of course. the. See, the I thought you were going to say is in a horror game, it's good that they look like soulless desiccated corpses no 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 no, no. <laughs> um, um no i well just very quick on that uh, th- what's up with when you need to make a decision in it the camera like zooms in on the character's face and it looks like they're having like really bad gas or like i they mean, don't know where they LA are Noir had the same problem i think it's just tough to visually manifest what it looks like when people uh, when people are, are thinking. thinking yeah yeah it's um, bizarre. I was just gonna say, I, I I think the performances are are fantastic. If there were like four characters in this game that I was like, man, I really hope, I really hope they make it, and that was enough to pull me through. I think I I played through the whole thing in like two. Did they make it? Two nights. Uh, t- so a couple a couple of them did. Uh, a couple <laughs> of them died in the dumbest way imaginable. Um, but I uh, so I played through the game in director mode. And I'd be curious if anybody else did that, too. I also tried that, yes. Okay. Uh, Director mode is a completely non-interactive way of of watching the quarry. And the way it works is you have three options when you start. You can choose everyone lives, and then you see a playthrough of the game where everyone lives. That's boring. You can see the everyone dies version of it, where everyone dies. That is also boring. Or you can... Customize. Actually, I think that that customization is called director mode. Is otherwise, it's just called movie movie mode. Yeah. And in director mode, you set the stats for all of the campers, uh, or rather, all of the um, all the camp counselors. And those stats are things like uh, you know physical dexterity and uh, cool headedness and observation and social skills. Uh, and you assign them points in those stats, and then the playthrough goes through and incorporates those stats into the decisions it automatically makes and the QTEs that it automatically succeeds at or fails and all that. That was a very cool way of playing through the game because it solves what is, in my mind, the worst, the biggest conceptual problem with supermassive horror games, and it is this. If you play through the game very well, you take your time and look for all the clues and you do all the QTEs and you don't make completely boneheaded decisions when you are afforded the opportunity. Like, do you want to open this shaking, rattling door filled with <laughs> screaming behind it? Like, as long as you don't make those kinds of decisions, you will you will do very well. Most of the campers will survive, if not all of them, right? Uh, that's not a 
great horror movie, right? Though. It is, yeah. it, it removes those moments where the character doesn't know they're in a horror movie, but you, as the audience, do. So you're like, no, 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 don't go in that door. But I'm getting yes. control. I'm not going to open that fucking trap door. No yeah. way. Like, I know this is a horror game. Yeah, you need to play it like you're playing an RPG where you're playing a character that can be a bit of a dumbass. Yes. And like being true to that character. And so I I did the same mode that Griffin did. He also linked us to a mode that someone on Reddit came up with where, you know, you could just max out everyone's stats and everyone wins and hooray, that's boring. boring. But... Uh, someone came up with the idea of using a D8 to basically roll for stats for the different campers. Yes. So there was a lot of randomness and variety. So I did that. And so I had like, oh, I rolled a one on someone. That character was a total dumbass and would fuck up every QTE and event and whatever. And then I had someone else who was basically like turned into the, you know, final girl trope because she kept surviving. Um, So that was cool. I, it made me wish that there was more of a uh, visual manifestation of those moments yeah. in director mode, just that, like I knew, oh, this is a moment they failed or succeeded, and why. Right. Um, but I, I did actually like this. I, a, I think you need to unlock it. I think in the uh, deluxe mode, it comes unlocked automatically, but I think m- the normal mode, you don't get it automatically. Okay. Um, I don't know that it's certainly if you're playing in multiplayer, you should not do that because I think part of the fun in multiplayer is making dumb choices with other people. Yes. But if you're playing alone and you just kind of want to experience the story in an interesting way, yeah, it's pretty cool. The one issue with that D8 mode, um, which I is what I did and I thought was very clever, is I didn't know while assigning those stats like which characters I would really like. So yeah. K- Caitlin, which was the character from that Brenda Song plays, and Dylan, who uh, I don't have that actor's name pulled up in front of me. Uh, Miles Robbins. Miles Robbins. Like, probably my two favorite characters in the game. Like, their their dynamic is fucking great and so charming and funny. Dylan, in particular, is, like, such yeah. a great really character. Really good character, actually. Uh, but I didn't know that when I was assigning stats. And so they didn't oh, make no. it out. Uh, and that was frustrating because the way they went out wasn't necessarily... Uh, I don't know. It didn't necessarily align with how their character was the rest of the time. Sure. So, like, yeah. even, even that way of doing it is the director mode is not perfect, but it does add this sort of random element that gets around the issue of like, well, do I uh, do I purposefully fail this QTE just so we can, you know, have a death yeah. here? Well, I, I think there are two different games that you are playing when you play the, any of these super massive games, right? And I think the traditional one is you are playing as people inside of a horror movie and you are making decisions inside of it, which is one type of fantasy, right? Like, okay, you're kind of like most horror games. And then the other fantasy is what if you could control or like make your own horror movie? And I think this sounds great in that it's, it's serving that, which is, is kind of a totally different thing. One huge thing. uh, Uh All those scenes with Grace Zabriskie, where she's like reading your tarot cards, which by the way, this game has some, some Roman, Romani stereotypes and, and slurs that are uh, like borderline drag me to hell. Um, but you don't see any of that in director mode. You don't get any of those Grace Zabriskie like tarot scenes, right? Because you don't need, I guess oh. ostensibly you don't need the sneak previews. Well, you, you can't collect the collectibles. Watching yeah, it, does it also collectibles. remove the, the QT animated shorts? The QT animated. Yeah. So in the main game, when you are doing the prologue, right? 
when your QTE pops up for the first time, the whole game stops, and then you get treated or cursed by these like Saturday morning cartoons that explain how QTEs work. And oh, they're God. voiced That's by like really a Rod Sterling impersonator. And they're very, very clever, but it's also kind of frustrating because you're getting into this horror story and like every 10 minutes or so, it's like, I see that you are tense. Yeah. What if we brought up a cartoon animated short? Yeah. It, yeah. And those are weird too, right? They got they get a Rod Serling impersonator and then the, the shorts themselves look like Fallout. And it's yeah. like Fallout Boy style Fallout stuff. And it's like, this is not... You just had two things you like. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah this is yeah, not... Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's also... There's weird... I don't know the 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 stuff that hangs on when you play. I'm a gamer, right? So I like to play sure. the video games rather than just watch them. Um, so I'm a real gamer, and there's weird gamer like game lineage type stuff that holds over. Like, uh, give me an example. Um, there's a scene where you can eavesdrop on Mr. H, who is um uh David Arquette's character, and he kind of catches you, and then like he catches you, and then you get this prompt on the screen that's like. Mr. H is disappointed in you. And it's like, why did you, why is that necessary? If you, if the performance captures this good, like, why can't he just look disappointed? Fair. <laughs> like, why do I need to see like that sort of like alert on the screen? Like I, it really, again, it's like, it's just like the, the tutorial yeah. thing, like taking you out of it for no real reason. I mean, uh, uh I, I, if I could also say, I wanted to say something a while ago, and we kind of brushed past it. This idea of like playing in a group, I think, would be uh pretty pretty effective, um, except for the first half of the game. Like, uh, I wanted to play with my wife. We've played some of the super massive things before, and it's more like her sort of like watching and me doing some of the the quick time stuff, and then we'll make the decisions together. Um, but I mean, we were at it for two hours with like nothing interesting happening, and it's like it. I, I mean, I can't really imagine a an, uh, an event where you would like invite adults over for a two evening like okay tonight is going to be really boring <laughs> just hang with me for four hours in this party <laughs> yeah. setting and then i promise the next four hours will be a lot of fun which they would be i just can't imagine a group of adults like powering through <laughs> the first half of this thing I, I think that's true for like people like us with kids and stuff but i think like there are a lot of people who just hang out on discord with friends every night and it's mostly just an excuse to talk. And I feel like it's those are the people that. Sure. Well, the online version may very well be. Yes. I mean, that's a different kettle of fish. It's not even live yet. Oh, well, a, a, a question for you. You said you don't like the part where it's like Mr. H is disappointed in you. Yeah. Would it have been better if it didn't appear on the screen, but your wife just mumbled it under her breath? When oh, that happened? Could be <laughs> it looks like Mr. H is disappointed in you. I, he's not the only one. <laughs> I think if this was a six hour long affair, which by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if my playthrough was considerably shorter than yours because 100%. a couple a couple of my guys were real dumbos it's and not died that, like though. instantly. You, I played both ways, right? So I tried the director's mode too. The director's mode uh or movie mode uh completely skips all the ambulating around the world. Yeah. So like, there's no walking, which is I gotta say, it Great. sucks. <laughs> it yeah, sucks. Yeah, it's like, nice to not have to walking around this world. I don't know how they messed it up so bad. It looks terrible. Like 
you can walk and you look sort of normal. And then there's like a walk faster button where the person looks like it looks like a four year old making an action figure walk across a, a carpet. It's like dur, 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 dur. it looks ridiculous. I I can't I can't fathom and I don't know why it's a thing. Um, but you skip all that stuff. And that's great. Uh, what you cannot skip under any circumstances are the cutscenes that you, even the ones you have seen before, which really for me is the biggest critical flaw of the quarry. Um, is that even in that director mode, like I got the playthrough I got right. But I was bummed because a couple of my favorite characters like didn't make it out. And I know also that there was a bigger overarching mystery that I just kind of glanced off the side of because of the characters who died. And that's that's cool. Right. Like conceptually, that's very cool. I got, I got online to like look up the ending later. And it's kind of neat that I just didn't get it, that I just got my own kind of ending that had its own resolution. It's but, like you saw a cabin in the woods and didn't go in the basement, basically. Uh, no, not quite that dramatic, but sure. Um, yeah. The, but there's no skipping cutscenes on, on repeat playthroughs, which like, sorry, got like, there is, there is no way. I, I, I really loved my playthrough of this game. There is no way on earth I would do it again, like now. Uh, maybe in a maybe in a couple years when the ravages of time have scrubbed it from my memory. But the that that it, they missed a trick there in a pretty major way because there's fuck. There's like over a hundred different ways that the game can end up based on who dies and when and what you find and how like and yeah and switching from one mode to the other if you decide like uh you know i tried the director's mode that's interesting but i actually want to play it or i want to take control now yeah that would be that would be that would be fantastic but you can't do that it's it's and that's not that doesn't seem like i don't know so wildly innovative that it would be difficult or impossible to do uh and it seems like the kind of thing that would elevate this and really honestly elevate the whole of Supermassive's like canon from a trashy novelty that I enjoy once to like, oh, this is like actually kind of a this is kind of a cool exploration of like video game storytelling, yeah. uh, which yeah. it, it absolutely could be. The pieces are there. They just do not give you the tools you need to kind of like line them up in in all the different ways that you might that want could be to. patched in i feel like it's sure. some, like they could definitely add that the uh, uh um who pressed mute on uncle marcus actually just added this feature that lets you skip more stuff <laughs> oh good curious classic i uh would also add if you feel compelled after you've played it to see other scenes for what it's worth it's actually kind of the best game to scrub through on youtube which sure. is mm-hmm. what i did just yes, to like same. see changes in various scenes and like what could play out man my my playthrough of the prologue ended in the funniest possible way because your kind of lead character just sort of like bails out of nowhere like not (laughs) in character at all she's like sorry and just walks away from her friend wait she doesn't you you just you just left well, I, it wasn't me. Oh, it was, because you didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, so she just she just is like, sorry, and leaves poor Gazando. Hey, hey, guys, can I just say, there has to be a middle ground in this, please, where you get to do... So- the idea that you wouldn't want to interact with this thing that's already such a slog for half of it is so It was wild, so funny, right? though. I I really got a kick right. out of it. Well, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can watch it on YouTube if you want. I, I think the takeaway here is, 
if you like horror games or you like these supermassive games, this is a pretty good entry. You are going to like yeah. it, yeah. yeah. It, is, yeah. It's, it is on par with Until Dawn. I think uh, that's right. I think the performances are much, much better in this one, but I also... Facial capture uh, too, much, much better. Much, much better. I think Until Dawn was more was a better paced game. Um, that kind of e- yeah. more evenly distributed the scares, and I would say more... Uh, a, a bigger variety of the type of scares than the quarry does, but I, I they both have their strengths. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll talk about more sort of like storytelling in, with this sort of, uh, in this sort of mode. Um, and uh, we'll do that right after this. Shoot the tubes, Shoot dog, the tube, meat. dog meat. No, I, I'm really interested in this idea. When I was playing this, um, and I know that I it probably occurs to me more because I'm somebody who's played a lot of uh, FMV games. Um, but FMV from its inception, which if you're not familiar with the term, it's like games that have real actors and performers in it. Most recently, think like her story and conviction and stuff like that. Uh, and in the olden, ye olden times, like Sewer Shark Night Trap, that sort of thing. But those are always really designed, and I would say the most effective ones were designed to be like interactive movies. It's movies you interact with. Um, and that never really landed um, because, one, loading times were too long, so it never really got into a flow. There was not budgets. There weren't actors. Um, there was a lot of this stuff that still was getting ironed out. But I... I really felt this clear line between that and the quarry. I mean, it it very much feels like an interactive movie. And I was curious if like where you what you think of this idea as a subgenre. I mean, we've seen it in horror, not a lot in other like it's pretty much just been supermassive, right? Sort of like carrying this particular uh, torch. You could argue Quantic Dream does a bit of that i think quantic dream games are much more interactive than than the supermassive games are but they are maybe it's just the sort of like heavy focus on narrative with outcomes influenced by your qte dexterity to me quantic dream the delineation i would make and it's a it's a pretty minute one but to me quantic dream has always felt like people who are making games that wish they were making movies yeah you know what I mean? Like this and this feels like a little bit more settled in the fact like we are making a movie. It's just a movie that you can, you know, be a part of if you would, if you so choose. Yeah. I mean, it's also the issue for Quantum Dream. And again, for people that aren't familiar, Quantum Dream developed Heavy Rain. Uh, what is the robot game? Detroit Become Human. Detroit Become Human. Those games. I think the issue there is they are, they are desperately, desperately trying to make quote meaningful stories Mm. that tackle important issues and they are very poorly written and it does Mm -hmm. not work there whereas when you're doing like a lighter fare like a horror movie that's like schlocky and silly i think it works a lot better in this format um i still think this is like very move it's way more movie than game in in the quarry and i i don't think that's a bad thing i think that is that was their passion and that's what they feel like they're good at um you know it's it's difficult to sort of bridge that gap but i i would rather them feel more confident in the thing that they're confident in which is in this case making a movie um than trying to like jam in like hey you can cook eggs (laughs) (laughs) well that sounds like metal gear (laughs) you mentioned the writing and I think somebody complimented the writing in the first half of this episode. And I do need to just very quickly 
mention that there's a part where Ethan Supley is chasing um, Justice Smith through uh, a, a house, and Ethan Supley's character shouts, um, you can't hide from me in my own house, fucker. And then Justice Smith shouts back, as the screen fades to black to transition to another screen, you're a fucker. <laughs> and it's one of the wildest sort of written lines, deliveries. Uh, yeah, but what was Justice Smith's uh, smartness stat or acting under pressure stat? Oh, that's a fair point. Maybe I had him set to I bet, like no, I no doubt there were like two witty comebacks you could choose from and he just like did a chase. <laughs> yeah. Um I I think that a, the FMV game comparison feels a little specious to me, and only because those games were very Dragon's Lair in that there was like Wirehead didn't have 60 different end like it had fail states that would kick you to a do you want to try again screen yes. and success states that would move you forward in the one story. I I think that the uh branching pathways thing which like whether or not you like Quantic Dream games like they did some pretty major innovations in the space even at a time when people like um bioware were saying like oh man mass effect so many different endings you're gonna shit when really like it's not that huge of a difference between the different nobody endings. nobody shit themselves yeah right but in like heavy rain there's not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination but it's genuinely ambitious and i think well executed in how when that mm. game ends you 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 can have a completely different playthrough result yeah, I, than, I, than somebody else. I think that okay, this is getting a little too heady. Certainly too heady for besties. But I'm. But this is my outlet. So here we are. The 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 problem that I think you're always going to struggle with with interactive fiction is that almost by their very nature, stories should communicate something beyond the the text. Um, themes something they're saying it doesn't have to be a message it could just be like what it's about or the way the narratives connect in a satisfying way that like makes you feel something an emotional state i feel like when you're um when you give that much control over the narrative to the player you're always going to struggle with the sense with like creating a satisfying narrative experience authorial intent yeah because you're handing if you're sharing that it starts to feel a little bit more like, um, I mean, there is a successful version of this and it's Dungeons and Dragons, but that's completely um, a shared, like collaborative storytelling method. And, and I, that obviously has a guardian in the DM who can make sure that things sort of progress in a certain right. way to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that's why maybe director's mode might work better because at least then this shared authorial intent, you're on the same page. Like, you kind of have equal control. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where when you're in the game and you don't really know what any of the decisions you're doing, you don't know how they factor in, you can't sculpt it because you're like, you know what, I want to tell this type of story today. Right. And um, I think that this sort of genre is always going to be more effective in, in yeah. this sort of idea because you're relying on some more um, base type thrills right it's not the themes of it are so unimportant that like it's it's mm -hmm. it's more akin to like a roller coaster you know with a lot of of these movies and like i i feel like that makes it a little bit more effective to 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 give the player a hand in it a, a, a counterpoint though in director's mode you are not 
fighting against your primordial gamer instincts to press the X button the moment it appears on the screen, right? And that that takes away... When I uh, play a horror game that is, like, truly pretty scary, uh, like a the, the, the first couple Outlast games, like, scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, any, any type of game where you are hiding from a nude murderer uh, <laughs> is, is, sure. is scares me, right? And so what I would do is I would just, like, run up to them and die uh, just to get, just so I, that power, they no longer have that power over me, right? And I think that's <laughs> true in any game, but especially these supermassive games where it's like, I am not scared of this werewolf that is chasing me because I... I can just press the right buttons and that will go. And in director's mode, it's a, it's com- it's a complete crapshoot. You do not know how how a scene is going to play out unless you gave a character full stats or no stats, in which case you can right. be pretty sure how it's going to play out. Um, and that's I think another mark in, in the column of that being the more sort of successful way of doing the story. Yeah, when you're describing two different perspectives, right? Like one of those is it's scary because you are worried about losing and it's you. That is like the tension is in you, right? The other one is you are watching this effectively movie at this point and you are caring about the characters and the horror is you don't want the character to die. And like, I feel like those are kind of two. Or or you want the character to do something dumb or funny. Yes. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm like so mixed on... I I like that this exists. I like that people continue to try game narrative stuff. There's a part of me that always feels like, please just make a movie. Like, please. It's I, just I, it's I, the pacing. I feel like it comes back to the pacing for me. Like, I, yes. Yeah. It's just too long. Like, yeah, it just to, needs to be shorter arcs. You can't maintain an eight hour long slasher. <laughs> like, you, yeah, are you? You can't like an eight hour movie is unthinkable anyway. But like an eight hour long horror movie of any stripe is completely not sustainable. But but there's an alternative to that. And it's Alan Wake, which was. Structured like a TV series and had 45 minute or whatever, 90 minute episodes that had like endings and surprise twists at, the, Absolutely. E- at each of those. There's yeah. a much better version of the quarry that just intercuts between right. the first half and the second half. We, uh, yeah. I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but I, I genuinely think the first couple seasons of the Telltale Walking Dead is yeah. is maybe the most successful that has ever been. Branching yeah. narrative, lots of different ways it can turn out. Great well-performed characters who you do not want to die. Uh, and sometimes your hand is kind of forced and you do have to see that happen. That game uh, I played together with Rachel front to back. And there were some moments in it that were genuinely scary, not because zombies are scary, but because like this game executed everything it tried to do. Well, made you care about these characters and then was like, okay, you can't keep all of them alive. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. I think that's also a good case of, even still you don't want it to be eight hours long because i think that works the first three episodes of that and then i think it falls off precipitously well it depends on the right again walking dead that the release schedule of those telltale games while frustrating when you're like in it and you just want to know how the shit resolves playing two hours two like pretty tight hours uh and then waiting a couple months for the next episode to drop was a good in retrospect, a good way of doing things. Um, Oh, yeah. I I mean, more that you know that the two characters are going to live. So it ends up feeling like having eight new movies where you know that the protagonists are going to survive. 
Yeah. Anyway, I like video games. I like story. I like that people are trying. I have a feeling they're going to crack this nut fully one day. But right now, pretty close. Yeah, pretty darn close. Sure. Um, let's. Uh, you guys been uh playing anything else that you've enjoyed? I've been playing The Looker oh, on God. Steam. Okay. Mm. The Looker is a parody of The Witness, <laughs> and it just like spends two hours dunking on The Witness. And it's pretty fucking funny. It's really timely, too. <laughs> it is extremely... Well, it takes a while to make games. Fair. Uh, the Witness, for those that don't recall, was a first-person puzzle game by Jonathan Blow, uh, who, which had, like, these line puzzles, but also had, like, very heady audio recordings. And this game also has those things, but is, like, just kind of a little bit shitting on... I mean, a lot shitting on the original, while also having some surprisingly good design like puzzles in there uh if you are into puzzle games it's like pretty fucking fun and uh, in addition to to being funny like i think you have to have played the witness i think you have to have i think i think you need five minutes context of what the witness was before playing this but i mean there I mean, are some jokes in it that are like the uh there's a part where a laser comes out of the ground that would then like shoot at another puzzle to activate it, which is like straight out of the witness. Yeah. Uh, and in the looker, it takes like five full minutes <laughs> for this <laughs> laser to like deploy and aim and then like bring out a mirror to refract the beam and then bring out like a mechanical arm to adjust the laser. Like, it, and that's it's it is, I think, funny. Uh, from if you've played like any games, but if you have played the witness where you have seen that slow ass laser. It's a it is a knockout fucking joke. Yeah, uh, it's also free. It's on Steam and it's completely free, so you don't have much of an excuse. I even like the uh, witness, and, and I yeah, no, I like the witness too. I I mean, I, it's a good game. Um, I have still just been playing Steam Deck uh, all day, all night, and I just started dabbling in the world of mods for Stardew Valley. Um, mm. Specifically, there's one called uh, Expanded Edition, I think. Which like completely changes the, uh, not completely. It, it adds a ton of stuff to the town. It adds a bunch of characters and events and items, um, and then I've got like a bunch of different little quality of life mods in there uh, that you know have r- smoothed off some of the rough edges that I wasn't necessarily psyched about uh playing is that all through steam workshop or are you like so no uh and this is this is uh i was very nervous to do it because you have to go into the like desktop mode of the steam deck to do it which is simple enough and then like down use a web browser on the desktop mode to like download software and then go on like nexus mods and download all the mods and do you know file management to drop them in the right folders and i was like fuck this is going to be a nightmare it was really easy it was very oh. easy to sort of navigate the you know linux desktop of the steam deck uh, much more than I thought it was going to be but uh i am i am fully back it is one of my favorite games of all time and uh it's it's very cool how much the community has created these like incredibly polished uh, uh virtually canonical like additions to to the mm. game um and especially on steam deck like come on you can't 
it's it's perfect. It's perfect for that. You got to do a little finagling, but it's if you have a Steam Deck and like the game, or genuinely, honestly, I guess if you have a PC and and enjoyed Stardew Valley, like it is not hard to get it chopped and screwed in a way that is really very very cool to see. Um, I uh, wanted to talk about uh, well. I've been playing Plants game as well, so I'll let Plant talk about Plants game. But uh, I wanted to mention um, Card Shark, which is a oh, very yeah. interesting little thing that uh, Travis, my brother Travis Macro, actually um, clued me into. Uh, I played it on Switch. I'm sure it's on Steam too. It is a card cheating game. It is a game about cheating people at cards, and the basic flow is you've been taken under the wing of this like professional card cheat when he notices some latent ability in your character um you go stage by stage um which are arranged as like card games that you're traveling to and um before each one you learn basically a new way of cheating at cards so it's like ways of marking a card so that you can find it later in the deck and rearranging and palming cards and deck switches all of which are achieved by like sort of precisely timed, uh, you know, a lot of them are, like, are precisely timed, like uh, you pour a drink for a certain amount of time and you use the time that you're pouring the drink to look at the cards of the person that you're mm. pouring the drink for, right? But if you pour too long while you're looking, you'll overflow the drink and blow the blow the scam, um, just as an example. And then you, got, you have to like have a hidden signal that you use to hint to your partner as to like what their best cards are. That's just like one example of, of one of them. They all feel very different and interesting and they use different skills. It's like, how quickly can you organize these cards in your, in your head? How quickly can you find the card you're looking for and remember what step the trick you start, you're on? You start getting to a point where you use two decks so you can like put dope cards from one deck into the other. And then between rounds, you have to discreetly remember the cards that you snuck into one of the decks and go through it and remove those cards so that you don't get caught when somebody also pulls, you know, the ace of hearts. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it gets, it gets real tricky real fast. Yeah, it is. It is really tough. And, it, but the, the, it's well-written. It looks cool. Um, and, uh, if that sort of world interests you at all, I think it's, it's, it's very different. I mean, it's like, not like anything I've ever played, um, but it it is very satisfying when you nail a uh, rip, ripping people off. So, highly recommend Card Shark. Justin, I spoke about Neon White on Rest Seats earlier this week, so I'm ceding my additional time to you because I want to hear what you think about this game. Neon White fucking rules. Griffin, Does, you played right? Neon White? I have not played Neon White. Oh my yet. god, I know. Griffin! It's it rules. It rules. I love, really especially after the Quarry. Where it, which is like the opposite the game. quarry. This is like levels that are 20 seconds long and you, okay, I'm going to give a very quick. Okay. So you're uh, basically in the employ of heaven and you're doing some stuff for heaven to try to get into heaven, but like killing some people to get into heaven as they, as you do. And um, you have to get through these like levels that are sort of like in heavenly in looking sort of platformers. Dreamcast heaven. Dreamcast heaven. Thank that's, you. I mean, that's just heaven. And you uh, mm-hmm. you are equipped with a sword, but everything else you collect is in the form of a card, and the card has two uses. So the card is a gun that you can shoot, like the long-range rifle is a card that you can use the... Uh, I use the mouse. So the 
mouse one button to fire like a gun at the enemies or demons, I guess, and you have to kill a certain number of them to exit the level. And then the right mouse button is the discard. And when you discard, it uses an ability like a long, like parkour type abilities. So like a long dash or a double jump or, you know, and so on. So the levels are how, what is the quickest path that I can find that eliminates all the demons, but gets me to where I need to be as quick as possible. And you're like finding new little shortcuts throughout as you beat the levels. Uh, the first time you'll often unlock hints as to what the shortcuts are. So you're not completely um, figuring it out on your own. Each level also has like a gift that you can find that has a narrative purpose, but you can, but that adds sort of like a more of a platforming, less speed focused way to approach the level. Um, but it, shaving down your time, getting it faster and faster. And really like the levels are so short that you get a sense of them really quickly. Like it, it's, it feels so good because you're just doing it over and over and over again until you can do it like flawlessly. Um, and it's super duper satisfying when you can get to that point. Um, I'd be game to do like a B segment spoilies chunk in a few weeks on this. If everybody's, I need some people to, ch- to try to come for my times. Um, mm-hmm. because I mean, are you on steam? Yeah, I'm on steam. Oh, I, yeah, friends on Steam. Check I need the, a, no, I need no, a I bug see, you. Because I see your times. They're very say. easy to find <laughs> because they're right. I just look for my times uh-huh. and then I go below them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's so weird because I don't even see yours on mine, which makes me they must you, be very low. You need to crane yeah. your neck. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> 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 to see them. <laughs> um, it's really fun though. And it is like, it is, uh, I don't know. It's just super, it, it felt so good to play something so gamey. Uh, I think that's it. Fresh, you want to thank anybody? Sure. I would love to thank the people who wrote uh, reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. BMGIA, Mr. Henson, TK333, and Sequitor, Sequitor, which was literally their username was two names. Uh, thank you for writing reviews on the of the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone for sharing the uh, show on Twitter or various other places that you tell people about podcasts. I don't know where those are, but thank you. Sure. This week we spoke about uh, Supermassive's The Quarry. We also spoke about some of their other games, including Until Dawn. I think that's probably the one that got the most airtime. Sure. Uh, Frush brought The Looker. Um, I brought Neon White. Griffin brought his Steam Deck. And Stardew Valley with mods, Expanded Edition, I think is the one that he mentioned being his favorite. And Justin brought Card Shark and Neon White. And next week, we're talking about Cuphead. Cuphead! Cuphead! I've been playing a little Cuphead to get back into Cuphead to get ready for the Cuphead DLC. Hey, guess what? Cuphead is a very good video. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. It was very good. I'm excited. We'll talk about that and so much more next time. Be sure to join us again for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.